We back in the lab, we making some noise, so go turn your decibels up. Yeah. Black skin, white coat, oh no, who was nice as us? Made Jim really told us no limits, so we about to take this up. Went from mixing in the kitchen to the lab, and now nah, I can make this up. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We shining a light on the people of color to show them how fly it is. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We back in the lab with white coats on our back, trying to show what time it is. Hey. to the B Sciences Podcast, a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute or BSI. When you hear this noise, that is our end podcast citation. So please go to b-i.org and you can find all of our citations ever. I am geoarchaeologist Jordy Chapman. And as always, we have the dope chemist herself, Jana Carpenter. And I want to apologize right off the bat for everybody out there. I woke up this morning and my allergies just decided that today was the day that they decided to make an appearance. <laughs> um, so if you hear me sniffing during this podcast episode. Uh, it's not COVID. Uh, it's my allergies. I don't know why they decided to make a guest appearance today. Um, I wish I could tell you, but that's what's happening. So that's how I'm doing right now. Jenna, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, um, usual as per usual, uh, just trying to survive in grad school, mm-hmm. as as many of us are. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's a good, good way to describe it. Yeah, again. yeah, it's really you just got to put one st- one. F- God, my brain's gone now. Um, one step in front of other. Yeah, I got you. one foot, one step, one <laughs> breath mm-hmm. uh, is all one it breath takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like my body is oh, fighting yeah, no, it. <laughs> it's like, wait, we don't have to, though. Maybe let's not take one step. No, we'll take one step and then take another step <laughs> and then see what happens. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, grad school is in full swing. You're preparing for comps, uh, which do yeah, you mind? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of already. Yeah. Do you mind? Um, updating the listeners on what that means exactly i know we we described it before but i think it's a little bit more intricate than mm-hmm. than what i realized yeah i mean it's different for everybody so comps it's just short for comprehensive exams um it's basically the test to advance a phd student to a phd candidate um so yeah it's a process that most um, PhD students will have to go through. It's different for every department and also every student. Um, since I am a GA PhD student in anthropology, for us that means taking uh, three to four days of testing. Um, each day is three questions based on three areas. Uh, minds are basically uh, geoarchaeology theory, which is kind of a broad category because it's kind of like environmental science, um, but with like a focus on archaeology, essentially. Then it's also on a culture area, which is for me going to be both um, Native American um, culture from the Mississippi, which is like 1000 AD to like 1500 AD. As I say that, I'm sure I'm getting the dates mixed up, but that's 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 what I said today. Um, also, and then that's that um, basically um, colonial plantation period. So um, basically, learned about slavery, which you know is just just full just of huh? minefields of existential yeah. crisis. But you know, yeah. whatever. It's not like you have to relive, you know, generational trauma or anything. No. Yeah. I mean, no. Right. Right. Well, it's not like um partially a descendant of the community. Right, it's right. Just, you know. Yeah. It's great to relive trauma and also be tested on it. Um <laughs> I I commend yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. And certainly it seems a lot different uh from department to department. Um mm-hmm. I can say at least from what little knowledge I have since I'm so far away from my own comprehensive exam is that for chemistry at least in our department we have one two to four hour session where you sit with your committee and go through Mm -hmm. 
an entire uh, grant proposal that's completely original uh, research and a novel oh. research topic um, that you can get no help from from anyone. Um, yeah. And so um, I guess it's like a 10 to 12 page grant proposal, like start to finish. Can you come up mm -hmm. with a way to accomplish research in an effective way and also answer novel questions in chemistry? Um, which mm -hmm. when listening to you sounds way easier than what you have to do, because I can only imagine how much time it takes to prepare yourself for an exam like this. Um, would you even say that there is a logical amount of time that you can prepare for this? Because it seems like <laughs> you could never be fully ready. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I've basically been reading, um, since like uh april or may and we're in september now and i'm still not finished um partially now what i should say is that i've definitely it's been some weeks where it's not has been more reading than other weeks is probably the best way to say that i mean there are you because you gotta yeah live, i mean you right? are a human so, being like, so um <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes so that happens you know you got to do human stuff and not read for eight hours a day so instead of doing that you just watch tv for eight hours that and day. you did move but your whole you life really recently right so and i did move i mean so that happened <laughs> and it's a pan there's yeah, a global I mean, pandemic is, happening at the same it's time a global pandemic so so i mean you you, you try basically i'm still not finished my um exam is gonna be near the end of october and then um i didn't mention this earlier but like um, also in anthropology you get the written portion which is the part where i've been doing the most reading for basically but then there's also the oral portion of the exam where basically you write your so you write um answer your three to four questions over that three to four day span and then two at least two weeks later you meet up with your committee who asks you the written the questions the written questions that you had to answer and then they sit in a room and with you and then they ask you to defend those answers out loud so that is also stressful because it in some ways it's supposed to be a help for if you didn't feel like you explained something well enough um in the written portion that you have a second chance to answer the same question basically however i mean it's still just a stressful if not more stressful because it's, it's now no longer you in a room by yourself it's now in a room with everybody who is um hoping and expecting you to know that stuff so it's a double whammy basically it sounds like a lot of fun like us like so much fun uh, no um, <laughs> it's it's a lot of things <laughs> well we all think you're doing great um and sure. everyone at bsi will be rooting for you we know you got this so be patient with yourself i feel like that's the only thing you can do you you're you got this <laughs> yeah sure we we will we hope so we'll see october is soon so we'll see that is true, but hey. But I mean, enough of that depressing news, Jenna. Uh huh. Yeah, let's move on you to something some even news. more depressing, like COVID. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So just to bring down the mood as much as I possibly can, because I love <laughs> doing that. Um. Mm -hmm. As we all know, <laughs> COVID mm -hmm. is still rampant, uh, globally. And especially in the United States, we are just having a good old time with this Delta variant. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and just to um, kind of recap, there are four different strains of COVID-19 that are currently strains of concern or variants of concern, mm -hmm. VOC. Um, there's the Alpha, Beta, Gamma, and of course, mm -hmm. Delta, which is I'm sure you've heard of uh, in the news. This is the easily transmissible variant, and it is causing much higher rates of hospitalization. 
Um, and if you check your local hospital status, you may or may not find that a lot of hospitals are completely full to their max capacity. And we are starting to see some of this, the highest numbers that we've seen since January of this year. So this is now like the fourth wave of COVID and it is slowly becoming just as bad as last fall. So we're not quite to the peak of where we were um, when we were on total lockdown, but uh, the current seven day average of COVID cases in the United States is currently at 146,000 cases per seven days. So if you think about that, that's a lot of people uh, getting COVID. And of those numbers, do you want to guess how many people uh, account for being unvaccinated who end up hospitalized? It's a... What are you? Yeah, it's it's 99% of cases yeah it was i was like it's gotta be yeah 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 so what does this mean um this means that (laughs) first of all (laughs) i feel like what could that mean jenna (laughs) this means a lot of things but most importantly that vaccinations are not only one of the greatest tools that we have with combating this virus and getting it under control, Mm -hmm. but it is critical so that people can stop dying. Um, Thousands of people per day are dying um, of COVID. And again, 99% of those people that are dying each day uh, are unvaccinated. Um, Vaccination Mm -hmm. is not the only tool to combat this virus, but it is one of the most effective tools that we have (laughs) in current research Mm -hmm. and so um i mean i don't know what else i can really say other than if you don't trust me we will have a list of different literature that is uh peer-reviewed and when i say peer-reviewed i mean by people who are experts in this field big distinction there not Mm -hmm. people on facebook or youtube so Mm -hmm. um or Instagram or Twitter. Or Instagram and Twitter, not your neighbor, not your TikTok. Yeah. And also, speaking of TikTok, TikTok, I have to just mention this one thing because I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. Unvaccinated people, not all of them, but um, the very radicalized portion of our society that are against vaccinations have now decided to call themselves purebloods. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So that's a thing. What? That's a thing now. That's fun. When did that start? Um, What? Yeah. Yep. Someone sent it to me from TikTok, and I kind of just, I was on autopilot for the rest of the day because I I thought I was in, I thought I was, I don't even know where I thought I was. Is this this Harry Potter now? Is that what this is? That's what it sounds like. And what? So. Also, there's. There's a lot of Nazi overtones to the world. A lot of Nazi overtones. Yeah, yeah. Glad you said that because it does feel super duper Nazi like, doesn't it? It. Wow. Yeah, super. Wow. The vibes are not. The the vibes are off. Wow. Not great at all. So. (laughs) Jeez. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the fuck. Yep. 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 Oh man. Um this is you know, it's funny, like it's just funny because like at a certain point, you know, Bisa has mask. Right. We have masks that you can buy. And this is all this is partially a plug, but this is just the logic I was kind of going through when I was putting the mask up on the Bisa shop. My I, my logic was that we're gonna put these up here and we're just gonna keep them on the store. But at some point in time, we're going to have to take them off because we're going to beat this. Like, it's no way that we're going to be doing this forever. And now I have a one B-side mask. That's all. That's all I have is one B-side mask right now. Over the last two or three weeks, I've been like, maybe I should buy a couple more. 
I'm definitely by I, I I'm just going to now if there are people out here like, yeah, I'm pure blooded <laughs> because I'm not vaccinated. <laughs> like I don't I want to protect myself from honestly, that. Honestly, I don't want any I don't want the Kool-Aid, if I'm being honest. No, nah, yeah, not. I don't want that one. <laughs> nope. Um I don't know what kind of water y'all are drinking. I don't know. Mm. I, I just don't know. I don't understand anymore. Um I tried to yeah. be compassionate and try to understand um yeah but at this point i've i've gone i this is beyond my comprehension beyond it is um vaccinations are not new and to be completely honest with you neither is this one they have been working on this vaccine for a long time yes science takes time and this is no different but then people the thing that's been frustrating to me the most because you know sometimes you're out and you hear people talking about it and you just hear some of the things they say i I just remember recently like i don't have a washer and dryer in my apartment so i go to the laundromat and i'm sitting in a laundromat washing clothes and i heard someone say you know they put coronavirus that the light like that lysol or like disinfectant spray is effective against coronavirus and it's been on the bottle for some amount of time like since like whatever i don't know remember what they were saying but they were like it's been on the bottle even before this happened and in my head i went that's because coronavirus this isn't the first coronavirus because coronavirus is a family of viruses in the same way that if you know, the bug spray bottle says roaches. It's not because there's been one roach. It's because it's because there are multiple different types of roaches. Like, how is that? It's not that it's hard, really honestly. Not. What are we talking like, about? Google is right there. It's right there. I will say, though, and that's another thing. Like, people, there there are people who will go on Google and just do the first thing that the comes biased up. Biased research. And yeah. I understand. Yeah, and it's super biased. It's just people who go like, oh, like it, because Google is going to give you what you want. But Google, we think Google's algorithm is like highly effective at like being right. And Google's algorithm isn't about being right. It's about giving you a search, a query when you ask for it. It's not about if it's the right thing. It just does what you, it's doing what you asked it to do. That is very true. Like it's just. It's just, it's just been hard to watch. I, I, I agree, Jenna. I'm just losing so much compassion. I've been trying to just not been like, all right, like, you know, like science, science and, you know, you know, acknowledge generational racism. Mm-hmm. But like at a certain point, you just go like at the same time, you also have to do the work to not do this. Especially yeah. if you have people call them pure blood now, because that should be a red alarm to any person of color, especially black people. That's a huge red flag about why you should not be listening to those people. I mean, I, I'm I'm not insinuating anything, but J.K. Rowling has been problematic in the past, so none of this really surprises me. Ooh. But Ooh. Um, at the same time, it is unacceptable. Mm. It is unacceptable. Um, if you are someone who calls yourself this or know someone that does, I really need you to think about the language, like words have so much power. And I, I think a lot of the times people like to make the idea of giving, just being aware of what you're saying to be weakness like, mm-hmm. oh, this generation. So they're all so fragile. No, we're all just trying to be aware of like what we're right. saying and doing. This shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because that definitely has some historical <laughs> like, uh, mm-hmm. racial undertones. And that is just not okay. Not to mention that this has just been a polarized issue to begin with. Mm. But it's just, it's becoming unacceptable completely unacceptable no it's 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 definitely unacceptable like it's it's, that's that's terrible like it's just i it's just that's that you can't be all like i understand like being skeptical but that is that's too far 
like that is that's no longer skepticism that's that is pure cynicism and if you the difference should be clear but to be a skeptic does not mean to never trust anything it means to be cautious about what people tell you until given further evidence to be cynical means you it, it you won't take any evidence you if especially if it's from certain people and that is a problem like yes i understand like you don't there are people out there who just don't want to trust the government for example and 100 percent understand why like, you should not just blindly trust the government you that is not a good idea in any context at the same time it can't be well i don't trust the government so therefore i will trust anything that happens on social media that's that is also not effective that that for several the key two key things about that if you're not going to trust the government and you're going to trust what happens on social media you're saying you're going to trust twitter facebook google instagram whatever social media company and they have huge red flags too do they have some good points yes sometimes they do good things but they also do things that are highly highly just unethical and dangerous two is that what and one of those things leads to my second point which is they don't always moderate who's on their app which means that people who don't care about your interest are going to say things like pure blood without thinking your that is not in your interest so yes you don't want to trust the government but that does not mean trust anyone else just because it's not there you need to be critically evaluating all of these things and you have to understand that you can't just go well i i just don't trust anybody no there are people you can trust you have to go find those people it's just it's just uh wow it's just making statements about things and saying well i just don't understand like i get that but you can't just be so steadfast in your non under like you're without understanding mm-hmm. what's happening and say well if i don't understand it obviously if this makes sense to me and that's the end of it no you have to like right there's always some there's always another side to the story and i really think it comes down to being willing to listen uh, which is something that just yeah. is, is kind of gone i think with no it is i understand it that is definitely going. what's really sad to see is that a lot of the healthcare workers um that i've been listening to on uh, political rewind on npr which is one of my favorite shows to listen listen to they'll mm-hmm. have healthcare workers or experts in their field come on and talk and the thing that's been coming up the most is that they're saying you know last year when we were all in lockdown you know people would cheer for healthcare workers at 7 a.m and 7 p.m at this turn of the shift. And now you see people protesting um, and harassing healthcare workers um, in hospitals and outside of hospitals. And it's really sad to see because what happened in a year that all of a sudden the people who are taking care of the same people who are not willing to listen to healthcare experts to get vaccinated are the same people who end up in these hospitals and are taking their last breath because they have succumbed Mm -hmm. to covid you know it's just really disheartening to see like it's dehumanizing (laughs) like um not just other people but yourself really where's the compassion for yourself there's so many videos of people who are saying oh well i used to not believe in the vaccine but you should get it because look i'm I'm on my deathbed why does it take getting on your deathbed to realize you don't you shouldn't have to go through an experience just to have compassion for those who experience it. I don't know. But that's all I have to say about that. No, I, I agree. Because, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. We we should move on. But I didn't know about the pure blood thing. Yeah. And that is alarming. But we will move on from that. Because we have talked about COVID a lot. And we will talk about it more as it progresses in these weird times very weird times. but let's move on to other weird things in science yeah, i let's guess get back to science <laughs> more <Yeah>. other science <laughs> different science something else that happened over the last couple of weeks uh is hurricane ida which 
happened. It made landfall in Louisiana on August 29th. Um, and over the next couple of days, it kind of caused a lot of damage over in different parts of the country. It, I mean, obviously, it went from Louisiana and found its way to the Northeast, where there were massive amounts of flooding in um, New York. It flooded parts of the subway system, parts of New Jersey, and definitely hit Philly in, in ways that, I mean, I sort of in a weird like exhibitionist way like i kind of wish i was there to see it um but also just seeing the pictures just makes it just look wild so for the people in philly you already know but for the people who aren't familiar is that an entire part of our interstate system was flooded basically like literally it looked like Venice, it looked like like the, it was looked like a waterway. It looked like a canal, basically. Um, and it's just wild to see because uh, you know, living in Philly, and then also that same weekend there were like hurt. There were not hurricane because that's what caused it, but tornado warnings. In fact, a tornado touched down in like New Jersey somewhere, like no less than a couple miles away from the border of Philadelphia, um, which. Wow, because this is the second time this year that a tornado touched down in the Philadelphia metro area, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say ever. Like, in just my lifetime, it's been, like, massive blizzards, which that's not unexpected. But earthquake, it tornado, like, those are, that's a weird trifecta, basically. And also, um, the flooding happened on just it was just basically a hundred year flood, basically. Which um, I took a fluvial geomorphology class, and we talked about those um, events a lot, just how those could happen. But we also talked about how global warming and human led climate change could lead to more one hundred year flood events, and it, those will probably be more common as. Time goes yeah, on. I've never. I, don't, I well, I probably shouldn't say never, but I at least I don't remember a hurricane ever traveling across in the entirety of the United States, like from top to bottom, or from bottom to top. I guess. I mean, usually what happens is is that what what usually happens for us in the Northeast is that if a hurricane hits in like the Louisiana area, like or if it hits Florida, it kind of like loses steam. Right by the time it gets to us. It is just basically, we just get high wind. Right. But for it to like maintain so much energy across the country, it's just, that's crazy. It just, I, <laughs> I've not, I just don't, I can't comprehend it. And the fact that it's not gonna mm. really let up anytime soon, these kinds of freak weather incidents are not gonna stop happening. Um, because it is linked to, to global warming. So um, that's definitely concerning. Um, yeah, to kind of give people in Georgia a sense of like what that looked like um, when 676 flooded in Philly. There, so I'm trying to think about what it, part of Atlanta this is. It's basically downtown Atlanta, but it's like when... 85 meets i think that's i20 if i'm if i'm right jenna like um right basically you've seen this picture before if you don't know the atlanta area it's basically like the picture that you see whenever the way i think about it's like oh this is where they took that shot of the walking dead basically it's like right near centennial park i think that's what it's called like that area imagine if all of that like high part of the highway was just underwater that's what happened in philly basically which so, is crazy just craziness like yeah that that's a great yeah. um way to visualize it because as we all know those places are like usually always packed with people like packed <laughs> mm-hmm. especially on the on the freeway so it's just like imagining all of that underwater it, it just sounds it sounds apocalyptic truly because it, it looks apocalyptic. That's crazy <laughs> but to but also if, if there's any humor in this, in pure Philadelphia fashion, uh, I did see a video of, like, someone doing a backflip into the water. Oh now, okay. am I sure that person 
probably got introduced to a lot of sewage in yeah. like Giardia and whatever else was in the sewage system. However, that is true Philadelphia fashion to go like, oh yeah, there's a huge weather event or a huge political event. Let me figure out how to have fun. <laughs> I don't approve that you did it, but I do understand that it's part of the Philadelphia ethos, apparently. Yeah, so you gotta, that you gotta laugh to keep from crying, for sure. I guess so. <laughs> also, that same weekend um, was made in America with, like, however many people were there. I think, I know Meek Mill was there. I forget who, I think, I don't think Little Nas X was there. I forget who was there. Someone else came out, like, another big name, like Doja Cat, maybe. But it was just, like, you guys, like, come on. Like, literally, like, they they basically were, like, they cleaned up 676. They got the water out of the interstate system, basically. And then, like, the next day, or, like, literally, even, like, up until the concert ended, like, they just did it, and the people were able to go home, like, using that same, um, same, six, using 676. But it's just, like, how many people were out there during... Like, did we not just see the sale out of Palooza in Chicago? Like, what are we doing out here, guys? Yeah, and Afropunk is actually supposed to be happening, like, in person um, mm. pretty soon. I think the end of October, if I'm not wrong. Um, so, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, big social events that possibly should not be happening. <laughs> But, um, AKA the NFL season and college football season. But. Yeah, today is the second home game for the University of Georgia. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yep, yep. Yeah. That, that happened. happened. <laughs> yeah. But what else you got? <laughs> I have so many words about all of those things, but I will mm-hmm. not comment. Not right now. <laughs> not right now, at least. Not Not on air. <laughs> but uh but in in a little bit more of uh, a less scary news mm-hmm. and in fact a little bit humorous if if you if this mm-hmm. tickles your fancy why did i say that okay Can, scientists <laughs> have <laughs> i'm very sorry <laughs> <laughs> it came up to my brain and i said it and i in it and it came just up like can't I mean, I'm not mad at it. I thought it was funny. I, just, I, I knew I said my brain was like, don't say this thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> but in our next news article, um, scientists have mm-hmm. successfully trained cows how to pee in a designated spot. How fun right. is that? That is so much fun. It's it's very it's interesting. Adorable. I mean, they they literally call these cows like the the way that they're potty training them is associated with how you would potty train a toddler, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they've decided to call these testing like the way they they called. <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm so sorry. It's crazy. Um, they're calling it the Mulu. Which is where they go to to, um, to expel themselves. Now, in right, <laughs> in more seriousness, um, this is actually a really great thing that they're doing because these cows, um, as we all know, cows um, they produce a lot of uh, methane gas in the form of passing gas. It's like it's a, so yeah that's yeah. already we kind of already knew that somewhat but also in their urine they do release mm-hmm. um really highly toxic um noxious gases such as night such as nitrous oxide which mm-hmm. goes into the waterways and then now your waterways are um just concentrated with nitrous oxide which is really difficult to get mm-hmm. rid of especially in drinking water and then it cycles back into the ecosystem and now you have you know acid mm-hmm. rain and it just causes a slew of issues um so mm-hmm. just being able to get these cows to um relieve themselves in a in a different area where they can collect this urine and um stabilize it or neutralize it uh, in a way that's no longer as dangerous to the yeah. rest of society i mean they also apparently are trying to use it for fertilizer too, um, 
which yeah it's another it's, an, it's that's an interesting yeah. feedback loop so I thought yeah so if cool. you can neutralize it and just isolate the nitrogen ni- nitrogen uh, is, is one of those highly important uh, nutrients for fertilization and growth of plants and things mm-hmm. like that so yeah yeah it's like it's kind of a win-win um for everyone i just think it's adorable that they're getting these cows to learn how to do this yeah i think it's interesting <clears throat> on the other hand something else i thought about because i also saw this article something else i thought about was that while it's good that they're trying to figure out ways to like mitigate like you know the release of greenhouse gases and with cows and things like that and even trying to use fertilizer or use it um like you know their urine and feces for fertilizer i was like but also like the beef industry is huge so while this is beneficial for that this could also have a negative effect where it could cause like the beef industry to go oh yeah well we can just produce more cows then because like we just we'll just keep putting them in and letting wilson bear from right. that way which yes cow they that's definitely that will help if they're going to just continue to be like an uptick in like the beef industry but cows also take up a lot of water like the like the meat industry as as a whole accounts for a lot of the problems we see with climate change and things like that and greenhouse gases so i hope that this doesn't incentivize like them to just go oh we'll just do it this way so we because it still wouldn't be enough basically if they if every even if every like part of the beef industry started to use this method it wouldn't be enough to stop like the rise in greenhouse gases basically so that's my concern is that it will make them look like they're being it'll, it'll make them look like they're going doing something good when it's just when they're still kind of doing the same thing so i hope that yeah doesn't happen. yeah but that's we'll a see. really good point because a lot of the times these companies can find loopholes to bypass and say yeah well we've cut down emissions by such and such percent and so therefore right we can increase production by whatever percent so yeah, that's definitely a concern because mm-hmm. there's always going to be loopholes um, that people will find right. um, to justify uh, this kind of production. And it's just, I don't know, it's hard to say um, whether or not this is going to be a long-term solution yeah. to some of these bigger issues, but in all, they can always be doing more than what they are, so... Mm-hmm. yeah we'll see i mean it's kind of like when you hear a word like clean coal and you're like mm, okay like for the person who doesn't know anything about coal they say like, oh yeah i'm sure coal can be cleaner but you can also just use like solar or wind energy and you wouldn't have to worry about coal so i hope it's just not like that but again you know, we'll see it, it this only came out like uh what was it like september 13th or something like that right. like so it's and that's really only new. happening so in, in new zealand currently um and some parts mm-hmm. of germany have started to take on the same project so it's like obviously it's not even a globally um a global right. solution that people are adopting yet so mm-hmm. yeah it'll take some time to see mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep we'll see another thing that happened this past week is the first civilian space flight actually launched. It was funded by SpaceX. Um, the mission was called Inspiration 4. Its crew was commanded by Jared Isaacman, who is the founder of Shift 4 Payments. Um, and part of the crew was also Haley. Um, I'm not going to pronounce her last name right, but it's like Akronu or something like that. She's a phys- physician assistant at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Um, Chris Sambrowski, who is an aerospace data engineer, and Cyan Proctor is a pilot and geoscientist. They launched from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Um, and I think, um, if I'm reading the dates correctly, they launched on September 15th, and they were only going to be up um, in space for three days. So they might actually be coming back down today off the coast of Florida. If not today, then in the, sometime this weekend. But part of it is that um, why this is interesting is just that one is just the first time that there's been an all civilian crew um, being sent to space, which means um, space travel is becoming a lot more safer for just like, you know, an untrained astronaut to find their way up there. 
Um, so the ongoing commercialization of space is definitely it's well on, on its way and definitely is not showing the signs of slowing down. But also, in addition to that, Isaacman um, had a goal to raise. This is helping him raise awareness for his goal to raise $200 million to help cure children's cancer and children's cancer research. So it's it's got a cause behind it, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pay attention to this one as much as I was paying attention to, like, the one where this past summer where they sent um, another crew up to go to the International Space Station, um, I, which feels so long to, ago, actually, but that happened earlier this year. Uh, damn. But yeah, I mean, I didn't pay attention to this one, but it is a big event, you know, the fact that we, um, because things like this have been tried before. Um, some of them are actually quite famous for um, not being successful. Um, one of the Challenger explosions had a civilian person on it, and when that um, blew up, uh, it was very tragic um, because it said that space wasn't you know, entirely safe yet, um, and it will never be entirely safe. But you know, this is definitely a step in the right direction if this um, mission continues to be successful. That one day, you know, your average person will be able to just hop on the spaceship and just go, oh, you know, just going to go to the International Space Station, take a quick jump, come back home, you know, eat dinner. And as things progress, we won't see this um, in our lifetime, probably not. But one day, if you start colonizing other planets like Mars, per se, that um, as that happens, it'll be even just like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to take a, a vacation to Mars and I'll be back in two days or whatever. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I, I just hope it doesn't become a commercialized thing where only the rich can access this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, in general, it's a, a step in the right direction in, in terms of like understanding how we can, you know, live in space, <laughs> which is crazy. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. We were talking about TikTok earlier, and something I didn't put this down in like the notes to talk about for today. But um, there is a dude on TikTok who goes by Casual Geographic, and he talks about like animals, basically. And I highly recommend that you have a TikTok that you go like. TikTok has become. I set a timer for myself whenever I'm on TikTok. I set a five minute timer for myself, or it's like either five or ten minutes because I know TikTok is highly addictive, and, I, and, I, and just you'll be scrolling all day, and TikTok will not let you leave. They they make you hit the back button twice, which is dangerous. So I set a, like a ten minute timer for myself. But one of the people who I enjoy is like seeing this dude name. I think that's what his TikTok name is like. Casual Geographic. He'll talk about animals and stuff like that. But science TikTok has been. Yeah, I just um, I saw one TikTok where they, I, and I wish I could remember the user, but maybe you know they um, did a rap for each planet. That was hilarious. Oh, that j- yes, it was fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I did uh, see that. <laughs> they even included Pluto. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, but <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was great actually. Um, I thought the Hovian planets, which are like the gas giants, I thought those were the, they immediately, they, they bodied the earth, the like terrestrial planets like earth and the rocky planet. I thought it was a clear distinction. It's like once you got to like, um, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus and all like he, it was immediately clear who was, who was taking the win I mean, home that day. I- if nothing else compels you to watch this TikTok, at one point they do say it's a hot girl summer for about one of the planets. And that's when I was like, okay, yes, I'm, <laughs> I am committed. I will watch to the end. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Though I will say Pluto, even though it's not a planet, came in with the best, like, am- bided everybody. Just just immediately just going in. Like, All right, that's wrapped. It's over. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a game. Yes. So yeah, TikTok is yeah. good for that stuff. It's good for creativity. And that's what I enjoy about TikTok. Now, like you were talking about earlier, there's definitely that dangerous side to it. But science TikTok is a part of TikTok that I highly, highly support. Um, there are a lot of black science communicators on there too. Who are, for example, the good old Dr. Chanel Tawson is talking to you on TikTok, I think. Um, she's got good stuff. I know I've seen raven the science maven on there I, there are a bunch of people i've seen on there again and again i think i don't 
know of this dude who does the animal talk. I think he might have a degree in like animal health or something like this. So I so I think he is like at least a, some type of scientist. I think so. I mean, it's just good stuff. B-Side has a TikTok. It usually is just basically us kind of reposting our things from Instagram. Um, but we are trying to figure out how to do more science communication stuff. So, yeah. Well, um, the only other news that we could discuss, which is more of a public health policy um, sort of update, does mm-hmm. involve the new uh, Texas abortion ban, which is now signed into law. Um, yeah. This is a really, this is a really um, fragile topic because it's just like these yeah. are a lot of the times lawmakers who are uh, white men who have no business talking about um, nope. oh white shitty men. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Just governing women's bodies, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, from a lot of law experts. Um, they have all <laughs> kind of conclusively said that this is unconstitutional. Um, it just flat it out. Just, yeah. The fact that it even got passed is ridiculous. And I don't mean to cut you off here. Um, but from my understanding is that Roe v. Ro v. Wade is the law of the land. And therefore, this should, should not have happened. So in a way, this sh- so Roe v. Wade is um, a Supreme Court case and about abortions, which said abortions are legal. So this should not have happened. This should have been killed on the floor, and it was not. So in some ways, this this is a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade. And not to get political, but if the court because of things that happened over the last couple of years with the previous president decides to stay to its conservative values, then this could effectively overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, or not even effectively, but like actually overturn Roe v. Wade. So there are a lot of concerns here. Um, yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, a lot of concerns for sure. Um, because there's so many things that go into... Um, why someone would uh, seek mm-hmm. an abortion, and none of that has to do with anyone else except for the person um, and their own decision to make that. Uh, so, I don't know. This is just really a, a a crazy thing to be talking about now because it's starting to become very much a reality that we need to uh, consider and. Um, I would definitely keep an eye out on all of the red states because this is already starting to trickle into Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lawmakers mm-hmm. that are already trying to draft up uh, legislation that mirrors this new law. Um, and it's all just a little bit um, disturbing. Putting out bounties on yeah. people uh, just doesn't seem... Yeah, that... that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part seems real crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because I mean, where is all this money coming from <laughs> to pay these bounties <laughs> right. on people? I don't know because I it it just I mean, this money could be like used towards f- helping people get affordable health care, but God forbid we use mm-hmm. our money for something good. Um, no, that sounds. That sounds ridiculous, Jenna. Yeah. Why would we? Why would we use money on good stuff? I don't know. I don't know. It's just crazy. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. Mm-mm. So yeah, that's that's yeah. Um, I mean, that's happening. Yeah, I've seen this too, and it's very disappointing. Very very disappointing. But that's all I have, and I hate that I had to end it on such a sour note. But um, there's a lot of things happening. We are, we, we are in very weird times, Jenna. Like, I mean, this isn't necessarily science news, but I mean, September 11th just passed and we just celebrated the weirdest 20 year anniversary for anything ever. Um, because as 9 11 anniversaries were happening, and we were also talking about, again, women's rights in the Middle East and 
Afghanistan after we were expecting that to not have to be a conversation after everything that happened in um, in 9-11. And here we are talking about how there's a um, a anti-human rights government that we are not supporting. I don't think we're going to go... They're not going to go back in this time. Probably not. And again, this is definitely on a more political note, but it's disappointing to see just the way the world is trending right now. You got a global health pandemic. Um, you got women's rights being abused everywhere, climate change, and just a bunch of nonsense. Just That's some really nonsense. what it was down to. Whole lot of nothing yeah. about something. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to Be Scientist this week. We are sorry yeah, to do that. I mean, and, and to, on a lighter note, this is why it's important for all of our listeners to want to be scientists because your your knowledge and input is so valuable. And I'm in the middle mm-hmm. of writing my personal statement research for the NSF grant for GRFP. And mm-hmm. what's coming up a lot is, you know, as Black people, our thoughts are crucial for the progression of research and scientific discovery because our thoughts black and brown people your thoughts matter okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and you deserve a seat at the table because i'm not happy with what i see and um nope. all, it's gonna take us bringing ourselves out of it because obviously the odds are against us currently we can make change where we can so if nothing else i just hope that we can continue to encourage you to be scientists with that said catch you next time Be Scientist is a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or BSI, a 501c3 nonprofit. Be Scientist is hosted by both Jenna Carpenter, chemist, and BSI's research and development officer, and Jordan Chapman, geoarchaeologist and BSI's president. Music is produced by Della Rallo, and lyrics are by Ed Gunner. Special thanks to Michael Mike Castor Marshall and the Plaza Abbey Studios. If you'd like to donate to BSI, visit our official website, bsci.org. That's b-sci.org. Your donation supports the B-Scientist and besides other projects. We couldn't do it without you. So please tune in next time and always be scientists.